Welcome to the Art and Fitness Podcast, where we discuss all things fitness, from movement to nutrition to sleep to mindset to living with purpose. This podcast will give you the tools and pieces to become an overall better human being. If you need more, come see us in the gym or online at Art and Fitness. Give us a subscribe, tune in every week, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey, Art and Fitness, welcome back to another podcast. Today, we're hanging out with our very own Mike Heatwool. We're going to learn a little bit about Mike, but first, we're going to shout out to our sponsor, Avocados. Fun fact about avocados, they're jam-packed of omega-3 fatty acids, vitamin K, vitamin B, and vitamin C, and not to mention, they're Mike's favorite food once they're mashed up. Isn't that right, Mike? Yeah, they are. Uh, have you had the Magos guacamole? <laughs> I, I, you know what? Uh, I have had the Magos guacamole, and I get super excited every time that lady comes with her little cart. <laughs> Slip her a little bit extra dollars. She hooks it up with some more guac. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Linnea will tell you that I never have cash on me, so every time we show up, it's just a credit card. And, you know, I tell her, I say, hey, i sorry, I don't have tip, but then I give her extra tip on the, you know, on the bill. So, um, and I have to make sure the waiter actually gives it to her, you know, because I'm sure he's like, oh, extra tip, great. Oh, you know, man. So, it's fun. Mike's, Mike's being a real good sport. I forgot to hit the record button, so we're, we're jumping back into it. Really good sport. We'll, uh, we'll make sure that this episode is just as awesome as the one we re- didn't record. <laughs> so free, free time here. All right. So, Mike, I know we talked a little bit about a, a lot of bit about your family in the last part. Yeah. Uh, the part that I didn't record. Um, let's jump into that. Let's talk a little bit about what your family does to prop you up. We'll talk a little bit about what your schedule looks like, how you get your mind right to come into the gym. High level, man. Like what drives you? What, how did you start out coming to Ardent CrossFit? Yeah. Like what really drives you? Okay, cool. So uh, I started October of 2016. So it was uh, three, let's see, about six months after Elon was born, our daughter. Um, so we've got a three and a half year old and, uh, Elon had colic for the first six months. So she was just screaming her head off. It was 24 seven. I mean, we were on three to four hours of sleep every night. Linnea and I, like Linnea was having hallucinations. I was like, you know, so sleep deprived that it was like, you know, it, I mean, who knows what I was saying and doing. <laughs> um, and she'll tell you, like, I was completely worthless at that point. Like when I don't get sleep, I'm, I'm just, you know, gone to the world. So yeah. Um, you know, we, so we didn't do any working out during those first six months. I mean, that was just, you couldn't get in, like it was just survival mode. You know, we're just trying to figure out why our daughter hated us and you know, why, why it was this way. Um, and I remember saying to Linnea, I'm like, if this is what all kids are like, like why in the world do people have kids? Like what is going on? (laughs) And she's like, she's like, this is not how it's supposed to be. So, you know, we, we figured it out eventually, like, you know, Elon got better. She started sleeping through the night. Um, she had a lot of like reflux and stuff. Um, and so we got that taken care of and that kind of helped with all the colic. Um, so then after that, that's when I started at CrossFit and it was really a stress release for me. I mean, that was the main reason that I joined. Um, one of our friends, one of our close friends was in CrossFit, like up in Deerfield or something. And, um, so I had originally asked her like, Hey, you know, what do you think about CrossFit? Cause she'd been in it for six years or something. You know, and uh, and so Maggie was like, she's like, oh, yeah, you got to do CrossFit. Like, it's great. 
Um, so she, she actually looked at, she's like, send me the link to like the gyms that are in your area and I'll look at them and tell you which one to go see. Wow. Right. So, okay. so I sent her cause she was a coach for her gym and stuff like that. So I sent her the links and she said, all right, go, you know, go to Ardent. It's, you know, it wasn't Ardent back then, but go to Ardent and go to Enclave. Right. So those were the two that I had tested out. Okay. Um, so I went and did like, you know, starter classes at those two and, um, got to meet Chase and, and that was, that was great. You know, that's the reason I selected this gym is because, okay. you know, you actually got to sit down with the owner and talk to the person who was doing all the programming. And, um, so that was cool. So that's why I joined originally. Um, and then it, it just kind of led from there to being like a, a part of my schedule and okay. just, you know, fitting that in, making sure that it was scheduled and, and in ink so that it wasn't getting changed. And, you know, it's like, um, you do what you got to do to, to get in here. It's like it's real once that ink hits the paper. And you're yeah. Like, okay. Now yeah. it's a commitment. That's Although I don't use a paper calendar, so right. that, that, that analogy doesn't really work, but you know, whatever. I got you. Um, <laughs> so, so Chase being accessible was a big part of making your decision, right? Because I mean, you're not going to go into something half baked. You don't yeah. want to go into, into a big commitment because it's like it's a lot of money to join a gym, right? And we're always appreciative of, of our members um, working to you know, find time to better themselves. You want to do that at the right place because yeah. a lot of people can just have their own kind of stands and say, Hey, we're doing better than everybody. But that's pretty cool that you had that chance to meet with him. And he's always just been like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. You know, he's pretty upfront about that. Yeah, so. Exactly. Very cool. Yeah, it was Very, good. So how, so you joined, um, lovely, lovely wife, lovely daughter, that's sleeping now. So yes. that's important. You yes. look like you're, you're either hiding your stress really well or you no, know, I'm sleeping. now. You're sleeping, sleeping now. Yeah. You're like the, um, like the Snickers commercial, like the hangry. Yeah. Like that's me. Yeah. Well, I definitely I'm... get hangry, but then yeah, when I don't sleep, it's even worse. So it's yeah, like you add worse. those two things together. Um, again, can you please take me through your day after you wake up? What are your, what are your habits? What are your, um, you know, your basic lifestyle guidelines that you adhere to that are like your musts, um, things that you can't really get through the day without. Yeah. Yeah. So similar, uh, similar to Laura, uh, that was on the last podcast. Um, she had talked about how she's got the ability to set her own schedule. Right. And so that's why she's able to do eight thirty. I think is when she comes in. Yeah. Um, so I come in at nine thirty. uh, at least three days a week is, is my goal. Sometimes four, depending on the schedule. But, uh, basically what it looks like is you wake up in the morning, uh, six seven. My daughter Elin is up at, at about seven. Um, I try and get up a little earlier cause it's nice to get some things done before she's up. Cause once she's up, then, you know, all bets are off. <laughs> like, uh, my productivity is like, you know, bottomed out <laughs> and it's just like playing Barbies, playing dolls, playing family, whatever game she comes up with. Um, we got in a car accident, like probably a month ago. And oh so Elon gosh. wants to play car accident every single day. Oh so, my gosh. You guys are <laughs> so that's what we, yeah, everyone was fine. Good. Everyone was fine. I mean, it did like the, it totaled the car and I put that in air quotes. I know nobody can see that when I just did that, but, um, yeah, 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 it's great (laughs) podcasting. Um, so it, yeah, they, the insurance company said it was a total loss because they didn't want to fix it. Right. It was an older car. So, you know, they just wrote us check and, and, you know, we're done with it. But, um, yeah, we just got rear ended, 
uh, on Randall Road. And oh, so man. my daughter was in the car. No one got hurt. Good. But, you know, she just loves to talk about it. So now the dolls do car accident every day. Oh. And, you know. <laughs> it sounds like she's a little fearless, though. It's like, kind of, that's, yeah, I mean. It's one way to she's, approach it, it. I think it's our therapy, right? Yeah. Like, it's, yep. it's the way that kids, like, get their, you know, their anxiety out is by playing it. Yeah. So, um, so it's cool. Like that's, that's what we do. We play family, we play dolls and, um, do all that. And then, and then once the morning is done, um, we do, um, get her changed, which is a pain in the butt because she, you know, doesn't want to ever change out of her PJs. So getting school clothes on that girl is like, I mean, it's like wrangling an alligator, you know, <laughs> like she's just all over the place. Limbs are flying. You do your best to, to get those clothes on. Um, and then from there, my wife does her hair. So, um, she does a great job at it. Elon will be like, Hey, can I have an Elsa braid? Or like, you know, I mean, she pulls out all kinds of stuff, like from whatever Disney movie she was watching. Okay. So Linnea is able to do it. Um, <laughs> if that was daddy, we'd be in a lot of trouble. Um, <laughs> just have like an Afro is what it would look like. Cause she's got crazy curly hair. That's just like, you know, super poofy if you don't, yeah. if you don't do it. So um, so yeah, we do that and then get her off to school. So she goes to school over in Crystal Lake, the Montessori school that's in Crystal Lake. And then, um, from there, I leave right from there, drop her off, come to the gym. So I'm here like five, 10 minutes before class starts at nine 30. Um, and again, that's like three times a week. And then after that, get a shower in at home and then either head into the office, which is in Hoffman Estates. Um, if I have client appointments and they're coming in or I work from home, if I don't have client appointments, cause then I save myself the commute. Okay. Um, done by about four thirty-five. go pick up Elin and then it's playtime again. You know, it's <laughs> dinner playtime. Uh, we do last show, last snack and then bedtime, you know? So we have her in bed by like eight, eight thirty, And then, uh, my wife and I have an hour or two, you know, to hang out. Now that my wife is pregnant, we got we have another one on the way, another baby. Um, Congrats, so, man! That's awesome. Thank you. Sure. So yeah, she'll have a baby sister, <laughs> um, but you know, Linnea is two months away from having the baby, so she's super tired these yeah. days. So like, Elon goes to bed now, and now it's like half an hour together before bedtime. <laughs> so you know, that's yeah. life. But um, so yeah, it's it's good. You know, it's a good schedule. Um, on the days where I don't come into the gym at nine thirty, then I just go straight to the office because then I have client appointments in the morning. Okay. Um, and then I work on Saturday mornings, almost every Saturday morning and some evenings when I do library seminars. Okay. So. Uh, that sounds like every minute of your day is either jam packed with something or, yeah. you know, trying to find some time for yourself. Sounds like it's a challenge or, or can easily be depending on one or two of those things shifting, just like a lot of people's lives. Like it's, if anything kind of comes in, um, to interrupt that, but that's awesome that you stay on a schedule. Yeah. Right. Like you have, you're instilling like those factors into your daughter and having a mindset like the last snack, the last, um, last show, like all those things are really good because they're starting to be like, okay, now I need to know I'm going to transition into something different. Assuming, right. I'm not a parent, but I think those are really good qualities to have as far as instilling into your kids being on that match. Um, tell me a little bit about what your, um, what your meals are like. Okay. Like what you're able to eat throughout the day and, and what your schedule looks like in that sense. Yep. So uh, in the mornings we do breakfast. So I either make uh, Kodiak bear cakes. We call them bear cakes nice. in our house. Um, and we like the chocolate ones. Um, so we do the chocolate yeah, Kodiak buddy. bear cakes. Yep. <laughs> um, so those those have a little protein in them. And then we do eggs and sausage too. So um, we just switch it up depending on the day, depending on what we have in the house. Nice. Um, so definitely do that. So breakfast is key. Like Elin has her lunch at school every day. And they make that for her and it's nice. So it's, it's nutritious typically. 
they don't do any candy or snacks. Like they have like, you know, healthy snacks during the day, which is awesome. Um, Lene and I for lunch. So typically, um, we actually order from a place called Fork It Foods. I don't know if you've heard of this. No. It's over in Lake in the Hills. Okay. Uh, so it's a local establishment and they, they do like, um, a lot of their food is like farm to table type stuff where like, you know, they'll bring in local farm, uh, fruit and vegetables and stuff. And that's what they make the food out of. And it's amazing because, um, they put their menu on every week and then you go on there and you order whatever you want. Like they're making, you know, they give you four or five options, right? Like here's what we're making for next week. And you just order however much you want of it and they deliver it right to your house. Right. So it's like, it's, it's a great thing for us. I mean, we just found it a couple months ago. Um, and so, you know, basically what we do with that is like, we have that in the fridge and it's just, it's ready to heat. Like it's all been cooked. Right. And it's like big portions. So you can do like, they have a lot of like chicken and vegetables. They do salads, um, some stuff that's like lasagna and heavier, you know, but, um, so it's, it's just really good. So we do that for lunch and or dinner. Um, I'm a big fan of Chipotle too, cause I like the guac. So, um, every once in a while I'll hit up Chipotle. Um, so, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of our, like our go-to for yeah. lunch and dinner is those fork at food meals. Okay. Um, just because they're prepped already. Like, you know, like you said, with the time, um, it's a time saver. Uh, and then every once in a while we'll make our own stuff too, but, um, we're, we prefer that because otherwise we'll just eat out a lot. Yeah. You know, we'll be doing DoorDash all day long. So. <laughs> I mean, it's convenient factor, right? Like those things that um, enable you guys to keep that schedule on on pace. It sounds like you're taking advantage of the nutritional side of that. <clears throat> Excuse me, which could get in tr- you can get in trouble with with DoorDash. Like you can be ordering Portillos, you can order yeah, exactly. like all those type of things that are deal of the day. But it's good that you're instilling those things in your family, right? Like it's hey, it might cost a little more for Fork It, right? They may have a Turducken special. Like shout out to Duck and today. Always got to work that in somehow. <clears throat> Sarah E loves that, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, but those are good. Like anything that, that you guys can find to support your nutrition and then help your energy stay up, like that's exactly what you should be doing to help yourself throughout the day. So that's that's awesome. Um, I'm going to look at – I'm looking at your website right here. want to make sure everyone knows – the credentials that make up Mike. So I'm going to pull out your resume basically, right? Real, real quick. <laughs> Go um, for it. You're a certified financial planner and founder of the dollar group. You graduated from Illinois state of technology with a bachelor's degree in civil engineering and a master's in structural engineering. That's crazy. A lot of schoolwork behind that. A What's lot of- crazy is that I switch careers and don't use it anymore. So, <laughs> but, but we'll you have it, that. right? I yeah. Have it. Yeah. So, so what, <laughs> Take me through when you're in school, you're going through those things. You're really like trying to divvy up where you want to spending your time. Yeah. Um, how did you get to where you are now? And tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'll start kind of high school because that's that's really where the main story starts. So my parents are pastors. So with the Salvation Army. Um, so they kind of like from from the very early stages, I was always in the church, always like serving other people. Um, that's just like their calling. Right. Yeah. It's like that's what they still do today. You know, um, so that's how I grew up. And um, I didn't really realize like how much of a charmed life I lived. Right. Like with loving parents and like a sure. family that, you know, took care of you and, and all that kind of stuff. And so. Um, like I just figured that's how everyone's family was. Right. And so I, I met Linnea in high school. I was a senior, uh, she was a junior. We met through church and, um, 
And so like we, we started dating and, and after we started dating, she was starting to like fill me in on like her life and her family. And, um, she had lost her mom early of breast cancer. Um, her sisters were much older, so they were out of the house already. So it was just her and her dad. And, uh, her dad had had a couple of strokes already at that point. Linnea was 16. So, um, he wasn't working anymore. He was, uh, I would say slightly disabled at that point. Like he was using a walker, um, was still able to be independent and take care of himself. Um, but financially, like he had made, um, a lot of mistakes. And I think most of that was just because of his cognitive, like, like because of the strokes, he wasn't able to, to manage his finances cognitively. Like it was just, he shouldn't have been doing it. Yeah. Um, and so over the course of a couple of years, like he, he was writing checks to like family, friends, charities, like whoever was asking for it and not really understanding the long-term impact of that. And so, um, when I met Linnea, she's like, Hey, you know, bills are starting to stack up on the table. I don't know what's going on. Like, right. can you look through this stuff with me? Um, cause I was the, always the math guy. Um, and so she was like, <laughs> you know, can you please look at all this stuff? Cause you would understand it. So I just started looking through everything and I'm like, okay, like he's in a lot of trouble financially. Like, I mean, he was down to like, I, I think it was like 40, $50,000 left and he wasn't working anymore. Like he's retired, right? Like in his late fifties. Um, and so disabled, like he's not going to be able to go back to work. And so we were at a point where it was like, all right, we don't have a choice. Like we're going to have to, you know, either take care of him at home or mm-hmm. he's got to get moved into like a Medicaid type facility, right? Yeah. Cause he doesn't have the funds to pay for it. So, uh, we decided to keep him at home. We were caregivers for him all during college. Okay. Um, and so I was great at math in high school. I loved it. Like that was my, my thing, right. I was good at it. Yep. Um, and so like naturally in high school, when you're trying to figure out what am I going to do for the rest of my life, you go, well, I'm good at math. Like what professions use math? Oh, engineers, you know? Okay. So I'm going to go be an engineer. And it's like, well, what kind of engineer? And I'm like, well, I like to build with Legos and like, you know, I like to do 3d puzzles because that's how you think as a high schooler, right? So I'm like, I like to do 3d puzzles. And so I'm going to go be a structural engineer because I'm going to design <laughs> buildings. Right. So that's how I got into it. Um, so I get into college and like the classes are horrible. Like I'm yeah. like, they're like so theoretical it's, you know, finite element analysis and all this stuff that's like, I'm never going to use this. Dude, like, that was my what, favorite class. What is the point of this stuff, <laughs> right? And so, like, I'm going through it. Yeah, I'm sure you love that class in college, right? Yeah, so, I mean, it's like literally all this stuff that I'm like, oh, I'm not interested in this at all. But we were caregiving, right? Like, yeah. I was commuting to, I was commuting down to Illinois Institute of Technology, which is like a two-hour commute from Hoffman Estates because we were wow. living in Hoffman at the time. Okay. So I would jump on the train, right, take the, the blue line down, switch to to the green line, get on the green line, go to Illinois Institute of Technology, get off at the campus, go to school all day, and then jump back on the train for two hours to get back home. Wow. Right. And then when we got home, it was like time to be a caregiver. Yeah. Right. So, so that was like the whole four years of bachelor's degree of just surviving yeah. basically. Right. It's kind of like the college stuff where it's like, you just go into survival mode, you do what you have to do yeah, and, and you survive. Right. So, um, got done with that. And I was like, all right, hopefully this gets better. Like as I start doing engineering. Right. So like after I'm out of all these theoretical classes, so I start doing engineering and, and it's a lot of like Excel, right? Okay. So you, you use Excel like nine, 10 hours a day. You're just sitting in front of a computer and you're a human calculator, yeah. right? You're pulling stuff out of an analysis program. Like you're design. basically what happens is the architect designs the building. They hand it off to the structural engineer and we have to do all the math to make sure it's going to stand up. Okay. Right? That's the easy way to explain it. Yeah. So we're doing all the math using these, you know, computerized programs to do the analysis. We, it all gets pulled out into Excel and then you're just playing with tables, right? You're playing with numbers yeah. and like sorting all the data and then doing calculations. 
So, um, you know, me, I'm being, I'm a people person. So, you know, I show up to the office and it's like, everyone puts their headphones in and they're like, Hey, good morning. You know? And then you say good night on your way out. And that's the only interaction you had for the day. Right. And so like, I mean, it was killing me. Like it was on a daily basis. I, I just couldn't like, I was like, Oh, I have to go to work again. Like, this is brutal. Um, and so, you know, I'm looking at like what my boss does and like, you know, my manager and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I don't want, I don't want their job. Right. I don't want to be doing this for the next 40 years. Um, so that's, that's what led me to something else. Right. I didn't know what else I didn't know where I was going to go. Um, but you know, we'll probably talk about this later. Cause I know one of your questions was, um, that you given me was like something or someone that made you who you are. Right. Yeah. So we'll get to that. But, um, there was a, a mentor who kind of walked me through the whole process of like what it looks like to be a financial planner and, and manage investments and work with clients and how to build a business. Okay. And, um, and so he was doing it. He was, he had his own company over in Dundee. And, uh, and I found him through church and, and so Jim just kind of walked me through that whole process and it was like, here's how you build a business. Here's how much you make, you know, like you make nothing in the first couple of years. So right. you better have a spouse who can work or you better have a lot of money saved up. Right. Cause you're not going to make anything. Um, here's the companies you don't want to work for. Here's who you do want to work for. Okay. Um, got me in contact with advisors, you know, planners that worked for all these various companies so I could do coffee with them. And so, um, I started taking courses, uh, for my, you know, I skipped my math, my master's happened in this mean <laughs> while I was doing engineering, I did my master's wow. as well. Okay. Um, and so, because I had to, you know, yeah. that was one of the qualifications that you had to have to stay in the structural engineering, you know, field. So okay. that's why I went back and got my master's. But, um, now, you know, on the financial planning side, so that's when I started my business in 2013, February, 2013. So I just hit the seven year mark wow. here. Congrats, man. Um, thank you. Very thank cool. you. So, um, and, and Jim was right. Like the first two years were brutal financially, oh. right? Like you're, you're basically working 60, 80 hours a week. And, you know, you're making like, I think I made $20,000 the first year. So I was running the numbers and I'm like, I'm making like $2 an hour. Right. (laughs) So I said, I'm, I remember the conversation I had with Linnea. I was like, I'd be so happy if I got minimum wage right now. Like, you know how much money I'd be making, you know, if I was getting minimum wage. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you just have to trust in the process and trust in the activity and look at the people who are ahead of you. And so in my case, that was Jim where it was like, Hey, okay, he's 10 years in and here's the business that he's been able to build. And he was making the same thing in his first and second year, right? Like he was broke, you know, and, and not able to do it. And thankfully Linnea was working full time. She had benefits. She had a company car. She had the whole, you know, so, so because of that, it allowed me to open the business, right. And start that. Um, How do those conversations go between you and Linnea when you're like, Hey, this is, I'm turning to year two now in this position. Like, yeah. I can imagine just, okay, Mike, all right, like, is this going to work? <laughs> is this going to be worth it? And can you just get a job at Arby's and figure it out? Yeah. In the meantime? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like I, there were multiple conversations about, um, and this, you know, so basically what happened is like second year in, right. You're starting to be a little successful. You're starting to build the business. You have, let's say 15 or 20 households that you're working with now. Right. And so you're kind of bringing on like, you know, one every couple of months and and you're starting to feel good about it, but you're still making $40,000 a year. Right. You know, cause you're two years in. 
Well, you know, it's at that point where I started getting calls from planners, you know, in the area who are saying, hey, we want to bring you on as a salaried position, you know, and we'll pay you six figures and you're going to take care of our clients. And, you know, I mean, these are larger firms that are in the area. Mm -hmm. And so you're starting to get these offers and you're like, wow, I could have benefits, partnership opportunities, right? I could be making six figures, Mm. right? And and you're looking at that going, I could be an employee and just work 40 hours a week, you know, 45 hours a week. And so that looks very enticing at that point because sure. you're exhausted, right? By this point, you're like, you know, after working that much, you burn out pretty quick. It's like quick, a buyout, right? basically. You're yeah. Like, okay. Yep. Right? You know, but for me, I always went back to like, what's the purpose of this? Like, why did I start this? Mm-hmm. And for me, the purpose was I want to be able to help people, but I want to be able to do it in a way where I know it's in their best interest. And I don't want to work for a company where like... I don't want them to have the say in terms of what's in my client's best interest. Right. So I wanted the autonomy of being able to make recommendations that I feel like are in their best interest, not recommend products that I don't feel like are in their best interest. Right. Have all of that autonomy of let's make sure that we're taking care of the client and not have someone else telling me how to do that. Right. So that was my sticking point of if I go to one of these firms it's, it could happen where a year down the road, they let me go or they downsize or, you know, something happens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see eye to eye with the owner and now I have to start all over again, right? And so for me, it was just like, okay, do the activity, do the important stuff, you know, one small step at a time and it's going to build. Yeah. And Linnea was very supportive of that. That's I mean, awesome. that's, she was amazing through the whole process of just, I mean, she was the one who kept reminding me like, don't take that job. Like you do not (laughs) want to be an employee again. You do not want to have to like, you know, be there at a certain time and not be able to set your own schedule. You don't want to have to, you know, recommend things that you don't believe in. Um, and so she was very instrumental in that. So it was good. I feel like, and especially in that field, in the field you're now just preparing yourself to have those crucial conversations daily with not just your wife and your daughter, like with your clientele too. Cause I mean, you're financially helping their their lives get on track or whatever the need is that they reach out for. But I think it's always a critical junction in life where it's like, you could just skim by it. You know, your, your wife could have been like, well, it'll maybe take it. It might be good for the short term, but you know, having those hard conversations with yourself about anything with, with another person who's close to you too, those things can really drive and propel you obviously to where you are now. And it looks like it's paying off for you pretty well. So, yeah. So you're going through that. It's it's starting to come to fruition. Um, Linnea is still pushing you to stick in that, stick with it. Yep. What happens? Yeah, yeah. So um, since then, it's been I, – I started at a company called Waddell & Reed. So that's where I started my career mm-hmm. in financial planning. And, um, and I actually started like when I, when I first started, I actually was working on a team. So I had, there was a guy who was 18 years in, Mm -hmm. right. And he was the manager of the office. And so he had me and one other guy helping him with his clients. And then I was running my own practice at the same time, kind of on the side. Right. And that's why I was doing 80 hours a week. Cause I was doing a lot of his financial planning and insurance reviews and I was doing my own stuff. And so what happened is like after a year and a half or so, like we split because, you know, it was to the point where I was doing a lot of work for his practice. And I said, you know, I can be doing this on my own practice. (laughs) 
So once I started focusing just on my own practice after a year and a half, um, it started to build, but it's still a very slow process, right? And so I just found additional avenues of business. I was going to a networking group that met once a week, and that was instrumental for me okay. um, because it allowed me to meet other professionals, you sure. know, and have a network of people. And then um, I built up, I started doing seminars at the various libraries, okay. um, which if you would have told me that, you know, 10 years ago, I would have said, you're crazy. Like who goes to a library for presentations, right? But <laughs> um, people do. Right. Yep. And so, and it's free and, um, they love them because they're educational. Yep. And so, um, you know, I was able to get that, you know, just started like at a very small library, actually Huntley library. Okay. Um, and eight people showed up to my presentation. Right. And I wow. do a presentation on social security and, um, and so I get one client out of it. And, and after that, I was like, okay, well that worked. Right. And so like, let's do that again, yeah. you know? <laughs> and so then I booked like five more, like, cause I, I used that as leverage. I called yeah. the other librarians and said, Hey, I just did a presentation at Huntley, like, you know, and we had, you know, a good turnout for their library. So I would love to do the same thing for you. Yeah. And so it just started building. And now I do 25 to 30 a year, you know, library seminars, um, okay. all over, you know, from Naperville to Park Ridge to, you know, out here. Um, and you get a client every couple of library seminars that you do. And, That's awesome, man. Um, and so it all, all these different avenues just add together, right? Okay. It's all just these small steps, activity. Um, it's just focusing on the right activities. Um, and then it gets you to the end point now where it's just, it's the business is built, yeah. right? I'm still growing substantially. The last year is the best year I've had. So it just awesome. continues to, to build. Um, and then eventually I'm going to have to hire somebody. So yeah. <laughs> then I have to deal with that, you know, that piece of uh, the business. So I, but I'm not there yet. I'm still, it's still just me, which is enjoyable. And it's always, it sounds like it's always evolving, but in a positive way, like yeah. you've been through a lot as far as mentally, like struggling, I'm sure like money wise too, it's, it's been tough uh, in some instances, right. Early on. Yeah. Um, but you know, being able to be your own boss, right. Have a positive change on these people's lives. I think that's really cool. And that's a theme that we're seeing within the gym. You look at like Cam, you look at Laura, you look at uh, Steph, um, JV, um, and Meredith, you know, you guys all have this, this theme of what, what seems to be helping out a greater good, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's really building a community and it's just being honest with, with who your people are, right? Like that's, that's huge. And I'm very grateful that this gym attracts those kind of people because yeah. you never knew, like, you know, when I'm helping chase paint the walls in the, in the other gym, it's like, what's the end game? What does that look like? And I'm sure, you know, as he's a self-proprietor at that time going like, okay, I need to figure out how to get people in this, these four walls. And now it's like a, a, two, a huge building with people like you guys in it. And it's, it's just cool to see how it, it's really evolved. But the Dalla group, what, what differentiates you guys between like another financial planner? Like what, you know, your expertise, your background, your knowledge, right. you know, what are, what are some of those differentiators? And I also want to know a little bit about how you fit some fitness in between and, and kind of what drives you in that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I could spend the whole, like, you know, two oh, hour podcast too. just talking about my yeah. business. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, uh, the differentiation is, is number one, the engineering background gives me a lot of operations. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, when I look at like systems and operations in, in my uh, business, mm -hmm. it's extremely important because I have, I work with 130 households at this point. Um, they, a lot of them are getting ready for retirement or in retirement already. And so for those people, like there's a lot of 
topics that we need to cover and make sure are covered. Okay. So things like long-term care, right? Yep. What happens if they get into a long-term care situation? Who, Which one of their family members is going to take care of the finances or the health care decisions, okay. right? Um, wills, power of attorneys, you know, estate planning documents. So it's like when they die, like what kind of decisions need to be made and who's going to receive the money? Yeah. Who's going to receive the house? Who, you know, who's going to take over the business if they're a business owner? Um, so it's all these things where if you don't have checklists and tasks kind of in place for every single client and you're working with 130 households, you're going to meet with them six months from now, right? You haven't seen them in yeah. six months. You talk to them like every couple of, of months, like on the phone, you're going to meet with them in six months and go like, what are we supposed to be doing again? Like, you know, oh, what did man. we talk about last time? Like you've got to have really good notes. You have to have really good systems in place. And so that's part of what helps me is that system background of like, like that engineering piece of like, you can't let things fall through the cracks when you're an engineer, right. like when you're a structural engineer, like you have people's lives in your hands, yeah. right? Like if you, you know, mess up on a, a building design, um, that people can die from that. Yeah. Right now there's a lot of like buffers built in there to make sure that doesn't happen, but, um, it's still there. Right? right. And so with finances, the same thing is true. You're dealing with their lives, but from a financial standpoint, right. Okay. And, and from a well-being standpoint, because, um, you're trying to take that stress off of them so that they don't have to think about what they're supposed to be doing. Right. right. You're being proactive for them. And so for me, that's where all of those, those operations pieces, the systems come in and making sure the day-to-day -day systems are in place so that I don't have to like rethink about it every morning when I get it's there. It's a good idea. It's yep. just like, it's there, right? <laughs> and I've got it and I can look up the client and go, okay, we've already done long-term care. We've already done estate planning documents, right? The investments yeah. are set up. Okay, now we're talking about educational planning or we're talking about, you know, the grandkids and what they're going to do with the grandkids, you know, whether they want to save money for them. So it's, it's all those things like, you know, as you go through it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that, you know, are differentiating. And then the other piece is from a CFP standpoint, I went back to school to get that certified financial planner designation because that is the top planning designation in our industry. Okay. And so, um, that really allowed me to have a broad, um, knowledge of topics from tax planning to investments, to insurance, you know, retirement planning. It's, it's really like that broad range of education okay. um, that you can't get just from working with clients. Yeah. Right? But the, the cool thing too is, is when you're, I'll go back and you were talking about financial planning, all, all this things that the services that you offer to your clientele is that you lived through it, right. At, at right. that start of your, right. your journey here, like you have that passion to actually sit there and help people and take diligent notes and have those systems in place that you find necessary and, and worthy, right. To help out all of those 130 plus homes. And that's, that's awesome. It sounds like it's growing. It's getting to a point where, where, you know, we're putting you guys out in the front lobby. I mean, that's a huge yeah. deal, right? Like yeah. that's, and that's all, I'm just joking around. It is a huge deal. <laughs> no, I get <laughs> Like, I mean, that's, that was it. my event. Yeah, that was my original goal. It's like if I can get into the ardent fitness lobby, hey, right, with my brochures. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right there's next a waiting to the coffee list. machine yeah. too. That's a sweet spot. Um, so tell me a little bit about your fitness wise. So you you were recommended to come to CrossFit Algonquin. Yep. By a family friend. Yep. How did that take you through that journey? How you ended up finding Ardent? Um, tell me a little bit about like some of the of the things that you've done in the gym that like really just keep driving you to be a little bit better, like some of the goals. But yeah, tell sure. us, take us back through that journey. Yeah, yeah. So on the fitness side of it, so 
uh, we had a friend, Maggie, who, um, you know, had kind of referred us to CrossFit, right? Mm -hmm. So she was always posting pictures of CrossFit on her Facebook and that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, um, and so I was talking to her about it. She was a coach for her gym for a little while. Um, and she actually said, you know, like, yeah, if you're going to, if you're going to go work out, like CrossFit's a great way to do it. Right. Yeah. And so I, I sent her the links and, um, of the local CrossFit gym, she said, Hey, you know, check out Ardent. It wasn't called Ardent back then. It was CrossFit Algonquin at that point. Yeah. Um, and then check out Enclave. Right. So I checked out those two, um, got to meet with Chase, um, in my intro session. And I love the fact that I got to meet with the owner. Right. Yeah. And so that's what got me into the gym was, you know, being able to meet with the owner, being able to meet with the person who programmed it all. And then once I was in, what surprised me about um, CrossFit in general and Ardent specifically is the community, right? Sure. That I wasn't expecting that. Like I, I came in thinking like it's going to be like any other gym, right? I'm going to come in, get my workout done and leave, right? And then, you know, I'm off on, on my life, right? right. And, um, and so it was a mass. Boy, were you wrong. Boy, was I wrong. No, I mean, no kidding. Like, I mean, and it's carried me through some tough times. Like, um, having those relationships, right? Like, Mike Fisher has been working out with me since the beginning. Yeah. Like, I think the two of us started, like, two weeks apart. Really? Right? And we've both been at 930 the entire time, oh, right? JV good. started, you know, shortly after. Aaron started about the same time. Um, so there's, you know, multiple people who have still been here for three and a half years and just keep that, those relationships going. Yeah. Um, and so like, there's, there's a lot of stuff that life throws at you. Right. And so being in a gym with those relationships has allowed me to, um, you know, kind of survive the business ups and downs, right. Of like, I have tons of rejection in my business. Sure. You meet with, you know, hundreds of people and, and one out of, you know, every 10 might become a client. And so, you know, I've got like 800 files of people who didn't become clients, right? <laughs> so those are all people who said no to me, right? Yeah. And you take that personally. Like you try not to, but you take it personally. It's hard not you know? to, yeah. Um, when you're the only person in the business, right? And it's like <laughs> you're, you know, saying, here's what I can do for you. And then the answer is no, yeah. right? And so this is my stress release, right? Coming here, it gives me that option to get rid of it in a healthy way mm -hmm. and kind of throw everything I have at an hour workout, right? Yep. And then by the time I'm done, like I can't even think straight anymore. So I can't have anxious, you know, anxiety or worry about my business anymore because I'm so exhausted afterwards right. that it's like, wow, okay, that just, you know, killed me. So um, it's humbling, you know, it's, it, but it's great. So that the community has been amazing. Um, I would say that's the number one thing. And then, you know, just the, the achievements, like what I do like about CrossFit is that it's just easy to track. Right. Okay. And so we do a lot of you, you do the same routine, like exercises over sure. a three and a half year period. So you do cleans and you do snatches and, you know, all the various things and you the system keeps track of it for you. Right. And so you can easily go back and look, you know, when we're doing, you know, snatches now yeah. or I can do power cleans now and go, wow. OK, like when I started, you know, I was doing 60 pounds less right. you know, on a power clean and now I can do 145 or 150. Right. right. And, and so like, you don't see it day to day, you know, cause like, you don't, you don't look in the mirror and go, wow, I'm so much more muscly than, you know, the right. day before. Right. Um, cause it's such a slow progression. But when you look at over a long term, like you look at where I started, right. Chase will tell you this. Right? Yeah. I did the first time I did back squats. Right. So I'm doing back squats and I have like just the bar on my back and I literally like fell backwards. Right. Cause oh. I had no ankle mobility whatsoever. <laughs> right. So I fall backwards and he's like, yeah, we need to work on your ankle <laughs> mobility. Right. And now I can do, I don't know, 200 pounds right on a back wow. squat. Like, so, I mean, it's, it's a massive difference. And three that, years ago, 
you know, from three and a half years ago because of like the small incremental steps that we take and the way that you can scale everything. Um, and so, I mean, those, those are probably my best, but, um, and kind of what I do from a fitness standpoint. Um, but then I know one of the things you had asked is like favorite story, right? Mm -hmm. So it kind of leads us right into the favorite story. So Linnea loves this story because, (laughs) um, I show up to CrossFit and I think I'm in shape, right? Like I'm a skinny dude, like I'm little, so I can, I can (laughs) definitely keep up cardio wise. Like I'll be fine. You know, as long as you got the cardio, yeah, as long as I got the cardio, I'll be fine. Right. So I was doing like racquetball with a friend, a buddy of mine, like every weekend, you know, so we do some like two hour racquetball games. So I'm thinking like, yeah, definitely like in shape. Right. So I show up, I do my intro session with Chase, right? Mm-hmm. It's like eight minutes. Okay. And he throws burpees at me. So it's burpees, box jumps, and slam balls, right? Just eight minutes of like cycling through that. Yeah. I'm like three minutes in and dying, right? <laughs> like it's just me and him in the gym. And I'm literally like ready to puke. And <laughs> and so like I'm I'm just like, oh my gosh, don't be that guy. Like, don't be the guy who throws up in your intro session. <laughs> right. So I hold it together. I like get out to the car. I literally spent like 30 minutes just like sitting in the car, like trying to catch my breath. Like oh. I was so out of shape, right? I get to my first <laughs> workout. The first group class. You came back, obviously. I came back yeah. <laughs> because I was like, that kicked my butt. Like, this is what I need. Right. Okay. That was kind of my mentality. Yeah. So I come back. I do my first group class. And there was a member here. Her name was Val. Right. So mm-hmm. you, you probably remember yeah. Val. Mm-hmm. So uh, Val's in her 60s. Like, I don't know exactly what her age was. But yeah. at the time, she's probably in her early 60s. And um, so she's working out with us. And so we do this workout that's like. Um, I think it's like run 400 meters, um, some sort of slam ball. I want to say, I think it was slam ball and maybe pull-ups. Like, okay. I don't remember exactly what the workout was. Yeah. And so um, there's probably five of us in the class. So it's, it's four time and we have to do three rounds or three or four rounds, right? <laughs> so I have one entire round left and I'm running out. I'm doing my 400 meter run. And okay. then when I get back, I still have to do my slam balls and my, my pull-ups. And Val is coming back in from her last round, right? <laughs> And the whole time, like I'm passing her and she's like, you got this, Mike, you got it, you got it. And I'm like shuffling my feet. I can't even run, right? I'm so dead. Like I'm just shuffling my feet along for my 400 meter. And in my head, I'm like, I am 32 years old. This is ridiculous. Like, why am I so out of shape? Right? So I get back in and I'm just like, this is, it's so humbling. CrossFit is about as humbling as it gets. Like every day I show up and I'm humbled, right? There's always someone ahead in the leaderboard. There's always going to be someone lifting more than you. Right. (laughs) And it's the same thing in business too. There's always going to be someone who's growing faster than you. There's always going to be someone with more clients or more money that they're managing. Yeah. And you just have to be okay with that. Right. You just, you just focus on the activity. And that's, that's like the huge misconception because there's like, I always look at it. Like there's two different parts of, of CrossFit. There's the, there's the internet mentality where it's like, you know, I'm going to look at all these people doing a million pounds over their head and it's, it's easy. It's second nature to them. But then there's the people like who are regular human beings, um, who are like the Val's of the world or like the Amy Tallsons or the Suzanne uh, Wainers those people who are like constantly in the gym that are getting better for themselves that can do these like crazy athletic feats and like have a leg up on a lot of people in the, in the fitness world that you never understand. Like it's, it's just so humbling. Like you said that it's, it's really, it's tough because what we're looking, looking at CrossFit as a whole is like that name and that name can bring so many different fears out and just like, I don't want to touch it. Yeah. But, and with you after that first session, that eight minute workout with Chase, it's like, 
you had the wherewithal to go, okay, I know I need this. It, I think I need this. <laughs> like, I know I need to get in shape. Um, but to just leave, go through that time and then come back and walk through those doors again, where, you know, it's like, I'm going to get my butt kicked, but it's going to be for a greater good. Right. So it sounds like you had a lot of those experiences that kind of like would stonewall you in some way, shape or form, but you've always just been like, okay, let's try it. Let's try again. You know? And I think that's huge. A lot of our members have that mentality and that's something that, it, that you really need to work at a lot over time and, and having those experiences, so to speak. So that's, that's really cool. So that's, that's your, your, your awesome story, right? Like what, what really drives you to be better is just those small increments of getting better over time. Mm -hmm. And I think for someone like you who thinks in that, in that way, um, you know, with what we're doing with active life, RX is it's really getting people, um, on, on a track where we can help you move better. So you're not falling backwards with, with a bar like that, um, level method, especially like you got to love level method then, right? Yeah. It's easy to track. Yeah. Same thing. It's like, you can track your progress. Yeah. And you, you were super lucky, like coming in with, with Fisher, coming in with Aaron, all those guys, JV, like those are all very supportive people who are on the same mind track, same life missions as like, you know, big families, yeah. right. Wanting to, to better themselves in those instances. And so I think, uh, I think with what you're doing, man, it, it's great. And you're putting all these things together, but finding that time to stress yourself out a little bit in the gym as as a de de-stressor outside for your entire life is huge yeah. um what's your favorite workout then like what do you what do you love to see when you come in and like what what's a um one of your most recent prs if you can share all right so um some of my favorite things to do i i enjoy cleans um it's kind of one of my like it's funny because when i came to the gym i didn't i had never done really any weightlifting before yeah. right like i played baseball in high school but i was always kind of afraid of the gym like okay. i i was overwhelmed i was like a little scrawny <laughs> kid like in high school everyone was much bigger than me yeah so just the thought of like bench pressing next to one of these guys like <laughs> i was like uh no thanks you know yeah. like i'm gonna sit over on the little you, you all know. got any legos yeah right right do you have any <laughs> legos like or a 3d puzzle i can work on you know um so yeah i mean that was me right and so i get here and it's like the weightlifting was just foreign to me right um, and so trying to learn just the technical side of it was a hard, I mean, it was hard for me, but, um, once I got that, it was just being able to see the progress just by being able to go a little bit heavier or do more reps and have it actually feel right. right. Like that's the big thing for me is like, I know when it feels right and when it doesn't. Right. And right. so once and I, when I have a day where it's feeling right, like just pushing myself. Right. And then going heavier. Right. And when I don't, then it's like, okay, stick where, with where you're at. Cause I can't get this right. Right. So, uh, for me, like the fun things now, like I'm enjoying handstand push-ups. I can't do them, right? That's my goal is to get a handstand push-up. But right now, Colin has me doing like um, negatives, right? So I get up on the wall and then I lower myself all the way to the ground and try not to slam my head into the ground, yeah. right? Because like the last inch, like I just want to like let go and just like slam <laughs> my head into the ground. Um, and so like trying to get that so I can get the range of motion, right? I like doing all those small things to get to the eventual goal, right? Okay. Um, I enjoy the process, I guess, is the, yeah. the whole key of that, right? Okay. Um, but then when you ask favorite workout, like, 
I'm still a runner, right? So like if you, you know, you stick me out there for one of the running, you know, yeah. throw me for a 400 meter, right? With <laughs> some wall balls and like stuff like that I'm fine with. Don't throw burpees in there. Um, if you throw burpees in there, it's going to destroy the workout for yeah, me. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, stay away from the burpees, especially <laughs> like, you know, bar facing burpees, burpees over the rower. That stuff just destroys me. So, um, but yeah, that's that's a little bit on the, the fitness. Side. Okay. That's good to know, man. And one more thing I wanted to ask um, before, before we kind of get wrapping up here. Um, what do you really look for in a gym? Like, what is important to you? to have in these four walls and what can we always be doing to, to be top of mind for like clients like you guys? Yeah. I think giving, giving me the options, giving us the options to, um, constantly improve, right. It's going back to that small step thing. Um, and what I mean by that is like you guys added the nutrition program, right. Mm -hmm. And then you added ID and now you're doing, you know, the, was it fit? fit rx or what what's it active called? life active yeah. life. okay so you're doing the active life fit rx as well like a protein bar i think, I think so yeah. yeah all right so active life you're doing active life so so like for me about a year ago i did the nutrition program with coach sarah right yep. sarah e um and learned all about like the macros right like how to track that stuff what am i supposed to be eating did right? she teach you in the metric system because she's canadian <laughs> Just curious how the, I think everything's basically in the metric system anyway. And it's all like grams and like, yeah, what am I thinking of? Like kilograms? Like. Yeah. But wow. you know, it's like, so, so I went through that and which was amazing for me. Right. Cause I just had never had that education on yeah. what to be eating and like when to eat it and all that. So, you know, being able to do that, the group classes um, has been key for me. And then the fact that there is ID and personal training available, yep. right, when I'm ready for that and when I feel like I've hit a plateau, like on the group side, like that's perfect, right? You want to have areas for everyone to improve no matter where they're coming in, Yeah. right? And so I think that's that's what I want in a gym. And, and then the other thing that CrossFit provides for me, and I think it's the same no matter what CrossFit gym you're in, but this one especially is like all the programming is done for you. So yeah. I don't have to think about it. Like <laughs> I don't have to do a bunch of research in terms of like what muscles am I supposed to be working and like, you know, what exercises do I have to do for that? I just, I show up, I do whatever workout Chase tells me to do, right? And then it kicks my butt and then I'm off to, you know, off to my work, right. Um, or off to family or whatever that looks like. And so just having that there yeah. is, is perfect. It sounds like it's kind of like really on board with, with how you run your business and how you run your day to day. Like it's very controlled and it's, it's laid out. Yeah. Right. And, and those are things that we might take for granted. Like we walk in and we're just like we expect as a as a member it's like we walk in we expect um you know all the coaches to be in a good mood even if you're not and you walk in and you're like okay where's my programming you know, where's my water bottle where's this i need that and you know those things don't get there by accident and it, there's a lot of hard work that goes in between there's a lot of hard work that goes into you talking to a new client or a client that you've had for X amount of years. Right. Right. And that's, that's, there's so many moving parts in here, but none of it would be able or be possible without you guys. Right. Like without any of our members that have the same mindset to get better each and every day, rather than just kind of beat themselves up and then go, okay, well I'm on to the next, next big thing. So that's, um, it's a very endearing quality. One other question I had, I, I really wanted to ask you this. Um, what's something that you wish you could go back and tell yourself, um, while you, when you're younger, 
when I was younger. All right. So there's, there's probably a lot of things. Um, I wish I would have gotten in the gym a lot sooner in life. So like the kids CrossFit classes are amazing. Um, you know, things like that of like, I didn't have that growing up. So my parents weren't into, um, working out. Yeah. Um, it just wasn't something that they, they taught me. Right. Um, and so like I, I was in sports and I had a natural ability to play baseball, but I didn't have the work ethic behind it. Right. To actually like, who knows where I would have been, you know, um, I made it through high school ball and no, no farther. Right. And so, um, and I was, you know, graduating high school, I was 130 pounds, you know, like five, nine, 130 pounds, scrawny little kid. Right. (laughs) Like, um, and so like not having that, that passion or even education on how to work out or what that looks like, yep. um, really set me back. And I look at it now and I'm like, I'm in my 30, like I didn't start until I was 32. Right. And I would have loved to have started at 16 or 17. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, it makes a massive difference yeah. Like 20 years of working out. Um, so it's, I think of it like compounding interest, right? Like on the financial side, like the sooner <laughs> you start, the more gains you get from it, right. Over your, your lifetime yep. and the more it compounds on itself. And so like starting in my thirties, I'm like, ah, oh, if I would have started 20 years ago, <laughs> you know, like gotten my kid, like, so I'm all into like making sure Elon is, she knows about it. Right. She sees it. She sees that we go work out. She goes to gymnastics. Right. Like she's, Aww. you know, yeah. she's a little too young for the CrossFit kids right now. But, sure. um, and then let's see a couple other things. So, um, my parents weren't big on vegetables. <laughs> my, <laughs> my mom still doesn't eat a lot of vegetables these okay. days. Um, so I just was never exposed to it as a child. And what I was exposed to, it was like, those are gross, right? Like, why would I eat vegetables when I can eat pasta or, <laughs> you know, fruit? Like, right. you know, and so, <laughs> so my wife will tell you, like, when we met, like, I didn't eat salad. I didn't eat like basically any vegetable period. Right. Um, and this was, you know, we were 20, like I was 16 when I met her, but like by the time we got married, like 21. So anytime she would make food, it was like, she had to make something for herself and then make something separate for me. Cause I wouldn't eat it. Uh Right. Like I was that picky. Um, so again, you guys got married when you were 21. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Right. Like, but we had already been together. We had already been together for like five years by then. Right. So it was, it was kind of just, that's awesome. It was the next step. Right. Um, so that was that piece. And then the last thing I would say is, um, just from an overall perspective, I'm super passive and like, I tend not to, like, I hate conflict. So I tend to just like shy away from it. Sure. So when someone has a very strong opinion about something, I just keep my mouth shut <laughs> and I just act like I agree with it. And then I go home and I'm like, that's ridiculous. You know, like, <laughs> and, and so finally, like it's over the past, probably I would say three to four years, I've been learning this of like, speak up. Yeah. Right? Don't be afraid to say your opinion about something. Don't be afraid to tell someone that you don't agree with them. Like, don't be afraid of conflict, right? Not in a bad way. Like, right. don't like search it out, but you know, be open to like having your opinion heard and saying what you believe. Right. right? And I wish I would have known that earlier because it's just, I've been so passive my whole life. And I think a lot of that honestly comes from like my church upbringing. Like it did a lot of great things for me, right? My faith and like, you know, growing up in the church. But the other thing it did for me is that like I was a pastor's kid. So like everything I did reflected back on my parents. Right. And so like, I just learned, like, keep my mouth shut. Don't get in conflict. Don't, you know, like don't say anything that would be offensive to somebody else. 
Um, and so that's how I grew up. Right. Yeah. And I've carried that into my adulthood, um, to the point of like, you know, losing friendships and that kind of stuff, because the small things that I could have just said, Hey, like I disagree, like, and mm -hmm. here's why and have a conversation about it turned into like, you know, a two year, like just tension underneath of like building up and building up and building up. Yeah. And then by the time that I say something about it, it's like way too late. And I should have said something in the first place. Right. Well, it's crazy. Cause you say that. And then you look at like, I'll go back to your like origin story when you were starting to, you know, is this worth it for me to go after my own business? Like yeah. you, those are very, crucial conversations that can cause a lot of conflict. So, I mean, you were like putting yourself in those situations. You may not know it. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure in other like conversations, like, like religion is a big one, economy, all those different things that can just bring on conflict and people's opinions, right? Like you'll never be able to change someone's opinion. I'm sure. Right. That's, that's a, kind of just the notion, but, and then you saying like with handstand push-ups when you're working out and it's like the little things that build up into that, that you're putting the time into yeah um really pays off so it, it's sounds like you've been doing a lot of just self evaluation over the past couple of years i'm not saying like because you walked into crossfit all <laughs> awkward and hard end fitness that that has a direct effect but um you know i think that it's it's humbling like you like that's kind of the word of the day right in, in those senses but i wouldn't sell yourself so short in those instances like if if it's to me, it sounds like if it's something that is really critical to you and like makes sense for you to speak up your opinion, that might weigh more to those people around you going like, oh, well, you know, Mike's actually speaking out about this. Right. That might be that's just my point of view. Yeah. But I wouldn't I know it's it's always hard because we're our own worst enemies a lot of the time. Right. It's always just easy to just to pick on ourselves. But you've been doing that's a long story short. You've been doing all those things you may have felt like you haven't been doing and just realizing them more and more. Yeah. But it's always, it's always great to speak up man. And always like, if you don't want to do burpees today, you know, we can probably, <laughs> we'll put you on an assault bike or something else. Like we'll, yes. we'll make it equally as rough, <laughs> yeah, but right. you know, we'll get right. you through it. No, it's um, good. All right, cool. Anything else, Mike, that, that you want to say before we, we sign off? I'd love to have you back on again at another point, but I think uh, collectively probably, it's probably like a two hour mark that, you know, with, with my mistake earlier. Sorry, guys. Yeah, no, we're good. That, that one was gold, the the unwritten podcast. <laughs> yeah, we probably did about 15 <laughs> minutes before all of you are actually listening to this. So uh, I'm glad John caught that before we did the entire yeah. podcast. Yeah, Thanks. so. No, we're good. I think that's it. Awesome. Cool. Um, let's end. I did this last week with Laura, I'm sure. So you uh, recognize that. I want to end in a knock-knock joke. It'd be cool. If you have one you want to share, too. Okay. Totally fine. I won't put you on the spot, but all right, here goes. Knock, knock. Who's there? Hatch. Hatch who? Bless you. Wow. That's <laughs> special. Yeah, that's right? That's like a chase joke it's right It's a there. good, yeah, well, we learn from the best, right? We learn. <laughs> but it kind of goes with the theme, right? A lot of people have been, have been out sick this month, so make sure you're eating avocados, guys, because that's got a lot of vitamin C in it, too. Yeah. We'll um, have to do, like, pomegranate seeds next time ooh. for your... You know, like giving me some good ideas. <laughs> do you do you do taxes for everyone too, Mike? No, uh, no, can I you don't. Just do I, mine? Yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. I've got a knock knock joke to finish this out. Let's hear all it. All right. This is uh, one of Elon's jokes. So knock knock. Who's there? Boo. Boo who? John, don't cry. It's oh, okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I walked right into that one. It's a beautiful thing. Well, thank you, man. I really appreciate you hanging out. Um, again, if, if there's anything 
that our listeners want to hear. Let us know. This has been an awesome podcast with Mike. Uh, appreciate everyone listening for John. And Mike. We'll catch you next time, Arden. Thanks. Thanks.